Welcome to Profit and Prosper, a podcast that will empower you to become financially independent as an entrepreneur. I'm your host, Sarah Young, an entrepreneur, wealth coach, and mentor to driven, ambitious female business owners who are ready to take action towards having a richer and more impactful life. I'm here to push you to think bigger about what's possible for your business and life, and I believe that your business is the best way to have more time and financial freedom. Just 10 years ago, I was $55,000 in debt and leaving a traumatic marriage as a 20-something. Fast forward to today, I now run a seven-figure agency with a team of 10 and growing and have built over a million dollars in net worth while balancing taking care of my health and prioritizing being a wife and mom. In this podcast, I will teach you how to scale your business, take home a six-figure paycheck, and save and invest for your financial future without having to sacrifice your life today. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the podcast. We are going to continue our conversation about team with part two of this little three-part series I'm doing. Today, we're going to talk about how to find the right fit person. Last week, we talked about how to identify the right role, and I think that is a prerequisite for finding the right person for that role. So if you have not listened to the last episode, episode 90, definitely go check that episode out before you dive into this episode. And also, if you're listening today in the U.S., then I will say happy Thanksgiving. Um, I do want to say before we dive into this episode, I, number one, am really so, so grateful and want to say thank you to all of the listeners who tune in and share the podcast with your friends, with your business besties, the people who support me, Um, whether I know you do actually support me or whether I'm not aware, whether we've talked before or we haven't, I'm just grateful. It's been really fun to have this podcast and have it run for such a long time. Um, And I'm excited. We're on episode 91. I'm excited to do another 91 episodes and see where we'll be. So thanks to you. And my question for you, whether you're listening to this on Thanksgiving or not, is what is one thing specifically around your business that you are really grateful for that you have now? Something specifically, something that you always dreamed of having and you actually have it now. I bet you can find at least one thing that you always dreamed of having, and now you actually have it. Just take a minute and be grateful for that. In addition to all the other good things in your life, I think it's it's important to have some gratitude around your business. Even if it's not where you want it to be, even if you want to keep growing, I think we have to be really grateful for the present moment and also excited about all the things coming in the future. So if you are on my email list, then you know we already put all of the Black Friday promos live for this week. Y'all, I don't actually know why I'm so excited to have Black Friday stuff to do, but I just feel like it's really fun. It's like a fun and different way to to do like marketing and sales that I get to learn. And I don't know. (laughs) We'll see if I do it successfully or not, but it's just been really fun to do. So We have some really great Black Friday deals, and I really tried to make these deals that I would never repeat ever again outside of Black Friday because that's the fun part of Black Friday is finding really good deals. So you can go to sarahhyoung.com forward slash Black Friday, and you will find our page where we have all of the deals listed, and hopefully some of the things are still available. 
We have a 60% off coupon off of my entire course library. So I've got masterclass replays in there. I've also got my offers priced right course, which goes through how to create and price offers that will make your business highly, highly profitable. And it's honestly the first step towards scaling your business. I also have $2,000 off of Scaling Made Simple, which is my high touch group program for scaling your business to 20 to 50K months or more. There's only a handful of spots that I'm going to have available for those. So go and grab one of those if you want to get this at a price that is so much lower than you're going to find in the entire year. I also have deals for money off of private mentorship with me. Um, I only have two, maybe three spots, depending on whether people book three or six month packages. I've only got a couple of those open. Private mentorship with me is for established women business owners who want to continue scaling their businesses to multi-six, seven figures, and who also simultaneously are really serious about what it means to build wealth while not having to work more hours in your life. So we're going to work on what it means to be actually financially free from your business without having to sacrifice your life today. There is an application process for the private mentorship spot. So if you're interested in those, definitely start the process soon so that you can get in on those before the um, Black Friday deals end. These are going to run probably through Friday, December 1st, unless I decide to extend it, but no guarantees. Okay. All right. So that's it for the Black Friday stuff. Let's now talk about finding the right fit team member that is going to be the best person, not just to fit into the role that you've defined, but also to help you continue carrying on your overall vision and mission for your business as a whole and to fit in with your team and their culture. Here are the four things that you need to get clear on to find that right fit person. Number one, You need to have very clearly defined and stated out loud business values and your team culture and your vision and mission, because much like in messaging for your offers as you're selling to clients, being clear on what your company is about is going to help you attract people who are also into the same stuff as you. Number two, we need to have a process for people to apply to the role and have pre-screening questions and assignments for them to do so that you, when you actually go to interview people, you're not interviewing 100 people. You're really focused on just interviewing the handful of folks who are the actual, like probably the best fits out of everybody who applied. Number three, we need to have a really solid interview process preferably, you know, face-to-face, at least on video so you can get a sense of what the person is all about. And then finally, we need to get clear on the compensation and then benefits and other elements of the pay structure for this role. So we're going to dive a little bit deeper into each of those four things. So first things first was being super clear on your, your values and vision and mission and your culture. The first person I ever hired at Young & Co. was in December 2020. And they did not last more than a couple months. And then I hired another person in January 2021 and ended up having to let them go a little bit over a year later, I think, because ultimately, like, they were just not a great fit for my vision and mission and values and culture. The next person I hired after those first two 
was in March 2021. She's actually still with me to this day. And then I hired one of our higher level team members in September 2021. And when I hired that role, it was the first time that I updated in the job description. I put in there all of the extra stuff about what the business is about, who we worked with, the type of things I wanted to accomplish, the values of my business. I talked about how, especially for an accounting firm, like how I wanted to not be the typical accounting firm where people are working crazy weeks and getting burned out. Like I wanted to have a place where we have actual work-life balance, right? Um, I talked about how we work with women and we try to do higher level types of services and all those things so that it would help me weed out, honestly, the people who just wanted the really traditional accounting type role. That was the first role I did. And honestly, like that changed the game in terms of the type of people who applied to the role and that I interviewed and the person who, who I hired who our clients love and who's still a really crucial part of my team over two years later. So putting that in your job description is really crucial. That's one of the things I have is I've got templates on all kinds of different jobs. I think I basically give away like all job descriptions I've ever written in Scaling Made Simple is one of the many template options that we have. Um, But in the job description, you know, in the last episode, we talked about the responsibilities and being clear there. So we put that in the job description, but I also include an intro about this is the business. This is what we do. This, these are our values. This is who we're looking for, right? This, this is the right fit type of person. And I describe the person much like I said, like you would with messaging for an offer, you're going to describe what the offer is, who it's for, the kind of results. It's the same thing for trying to attract a really great fit candidate is being clear on who you need to look for. Okay. So that's number one is make sure you put that in your job description, preferably front and center. Number two is having a screening process. So when people apply, you know, I tend to post all of my jobs on Indeed, ZipRecruiter, and LinkedIn. Actually, lately in the last year, I've found more good candidates on LinkedIn than I have on Indeed and ZipRecruiter. I cannot say that about a couple years ago. It was kind of crappy, but now LinkedIn is actually getting better for the type of people that I'm hiring. So you post the jobs on the job boards, you might post share to your social or put it in Facebook groups, whatever you do. And what I'm going to tell you is you absolutely do not go straight to an interview. There needs to be an intermediary step because you need to screen people. The process, the level that you have people go through for screening them can be as straightforward and simple and quick as you want it to be or as complex as you want it to be. The key part is you need to really think about Going back to the job description and your, you know, the type of person that you want to hire, ask yourself, like, what are the really crucial things that this person needs to have? What are the skills that they need to have? Part of your screening process needs to test them on those skills. As an example, we hired the client care person. I had them um, as one of the application questions. I had an open-ended question what would your response be if somebody was upset about this and emailed us? How would you respond? And I had them write down the response because I want to test their writing skills. I also want to test whether or not they have good client care skills. And I can see that in their responses, right? As another example, for when we hired a tax manager, one of the questions I put in there was, hey, let's say somebody's got a $100,000 tax bill. What are some of the considerations you would make to help them reduce their overall tax bill? So again, I asked that open-ended question to see 
how what are their tax planning approaches? How do they approach different things, right? In the screening questions, I also will sometimes, especially for the more administrative type roles where part of the job is to follow a set of instructions, right? I will put instructions in the application or in the job description and see if he will follow it. So again, for the client care person, I put in the job description, I said, here's the application instructions. I need you to fill out this application form, send us an email at this email address with this subject line. Like I put several things in there because I only wanted to see people who could follow those instructions to a T. And the interesting part is I had all kinds of messages of people like, I don't see the link to apply. Even though I put the link in the job description, they were like, I don't see the link. And I didn't give it to them because if you don't have the skill set to be able to find the link on your own, then you're not the right fit for this role. So that's what I mean when I say screening questions. There are all kinds of different like little tests and things you can have people do. You can also choose, you know, to do a lighter application and then have people like only select a few people to go through and do a more rigorous type of test. Like I've seen designers who will give people a design project to do to test what what their skill level is, what their style is. Um, You could maybe instead of having everybody do that, maybe you just have a few people do that. It's really up to you. But I am not afraid to have people who are applying jump through hoops because if they're not interested in jumping through hoops, then they're not the right fit for my business. I only want to have people come onto my team who really, really, truly want to be part of my team because I'm not interested in short-term hires. I'm interested in long-term support. That's number two, screening. Number three, the interview. You know, by the time you get to an interview, you probably already have asked in your application, at least hopefully, a lot of the really basic getting to know you type of questions, which means that on the interview, you can ask deeper, more thought-provoking questions. I really like to ask situational questions on the interview face-to-face so I can see how people respond. So I will ask them, you know, things like I'll tell them about a specific instance that we had, an issue that we had at our business and say, tell me what you would do or tell me about have you ever experienced this in your business? When have you done this? The thing for the interview, in my opinion, is that you, the interviewer, should not do the majority of the talking. Although a good interviewee was going to ask questions, which means like you start talking to answer the questions, but you shouldn't be talking the majority of the time because you really want to hear that person, right? But really the point of the interview is if they've passed the screening, if they've passed the test, then it's really just about finding like hopefully you're only interviewing a small handful of people who is the absolute best fit for your team. Culturally, you know, personality wise, you want to make sure you get along because you're probably going to work together a lot. I tend to also have people, if I don't have them interview one of my other team members before me, I have them interview after because I want to have multiple touch points with the team just so that I can make sure that the person fits in with the team because I've got team members who've been with me for almost three years at this point. Like I want to make sure that I'm not going to you know, hire somebody that the existing team members are not also happy with. So that's part of my interview process. Now let's talk about number four, the number four thing you need to find the right fit person for your team, which is having appropriate compensation. And this is probably the scariest part for a lot of you. I totally realize that because you're like, oh my God, how much is this going to cost me? Is this going to be really expensive? Like I said in the last episode, it will cost you more money to not hire the right person, to not hire a team 
then it will to hire the right fit person who helps you scale your business. So compensation, let's talk about that. There's honestly no way in one podcast episode that I can go through every compensation scenario possible. But at a high level, this is one of my core beliefs, I really truly believe in paying people fairly. So I am really uninterested in hiring people in other countries who will work for $2 an hour because to me, whether that's their quote unquote market rate for the area or not, to me that feels exploited. Okay, that's just how I feel. I really strongly believe in wherever your people are, they need to be compensated really fairly. And listen, I have found this to be true. I think if you pay people over market, like look at the market, just kind of do a search on different sites, Google, like average pay for whatever type of role you're hiring. If you look at the market rate and then pay people a little bit more and or combine that with a good bonus or some other benefits that if you hire people, the hire the right person and pay them well, they will be 10 times more effective than hiring a C player who's going to be willing to work for less. So you have to get real when you're thinking about who you need to hire. If you want to have an A player, you have to be willing to pay them A levels of compensation. And so you can't skimp when it comes to dollar amounts. So we think about compensation. Really, what I want you to think about is what is the difference in paying somebody who's mediocre at this job versus how much more do I need to pay to get somebody in who has really great experience, who has the skill set that I really want, who's going to be more hands off for me? How much more valuable is that to me? And then how much am I going to have to pay to get them in the door and keep them retained long term? Because part of hiring the right person is also about making sure that you retain them because I'm going to tell you it's expensive to go through the hiring, recruiting process, the training process. Like it's a lot of time and oftentimes money on your part. So you want to make sure that people are retained. We'll talk more about this in the next episode where we talk about leading and managing your team because I think retention is really important there. But if you hire the right person who's bought into your culture, who fits in with you and your team and your vision, then they're more likely to be retained for a long period of time, especially if you pay them well. So at a high level, when we think about compensation, I'm just going to drop a few things. One, I like to think about things in terms of what an annual salary is. So typically, you can take the hourly rate that somebody's paying, double it, and add three zeros to the end. That's their annual salary. So as an example, if somebody is getting paid $20 an hour, double it, that's 40. Add three zeros to the end, $40,000 is their annual salary. Then you can think about adding, I like to add about 10% for payroll tax. Payroll tax may not actually cost 10%. Depending on the state, it can be, you know, 8 to 9%. But I usually budget 10% for payroll tax if you're hiring an employee because just to be a little bit conservative, right? And then you can also think about, hey, if I'm going to do $40,000 salary with a 10% bonus, that's another 4K, 10% of 40, 44K, add payroll tax on top of that, you're at about $48,000, $49,000 all in. Just as a way to think high level about what your budget is. Now, I know this probably begs the question about employees versus contractors, which we've not talked about. And I don't necessarily want to go into the weeds right now. 
there is a time and place for contractors and there's a time and place for employees. So don't just assume that you can go and hire all contractors and you're going to be fine because there's tax laws and HR laws that will tell you that you have to be hiring employees instead of contractors in certain places. There's also a time and place to hire a contractor. Like the right answer is not always an employee. So I don't want to go into it too much in this episode, but I know it comes up when we talk about compensation because people are fearful of hiring an employee because of the additional cost, except really the only additional cost is that you have to pay payroll tax, right? So it's about 10% more. There's also a ton of pros, in my opinion, to hiring an employee instead of a contractor. I find that employees, especially if you hire the right person, will stay for a lot longer and they'll be more bought into your overall business than somebody who's a contractor working for a bunch of different people. And the other fear I think people have about employees versus contractors is thinking about, you know, keeping them for the long term. They're harder to fire and thinking that you're stuck paying them a certain amount all the time. And part of that is true. I mean, there's definitely HR laws to protect employees. So you generally will want to make sure that you're following all of the right procedures if you ever need to terminate somebody. Um, But it's actually not true. Like you do not have to pay a salary to employees. Employees can be part-time hourly, just like contractors can. So don't let wanting to hire somebody part-time or wanting to pay somebody hourly, don't let that prevent you from hiring an employee instead of a contractor. So to summarize compensation, you need to look at what the market is paying. You need to pay people fairly. Like for example, if I'm gonna hire a manager, director level person in my professional services business who's got licensure to maintain, who's got 15, 20 years plus of experience, I'm not going to get away with just a salary. I also need to add other benefits like bonus or profit sharing, cell phone reimbursement, CPE, continuing education reimbursement. I need to have time off. I need to offer benefits because I want you to remember when these people come to work with you, you are their job. Like think about when you went to go work for other people and that was your livelihood. That's their livelihood. They rely on you. They want to feel safe and secure and highly valued as a person. Okay. And one of the many ways that we do that with or with our team is to pay them fairly. So we need to make sure that we look at the role that we want, look at the type of person that we want and make sure that we are paying them the compensation and overall benefits and incentives and things that will make them feel valued and stay in the long run. And don't be afraid to skimp here. And honestly, y'all, we go back to the math around hourly rates. Let's say your goal is to pay somebody $30 an hour and they come back and they say they want $32 an hour. What's the difference in annual pay? If you think about it, the answer is $4,000. The change is $2 per hour. $2 per hour on an annual rate is $4,000, right? $4,000 per month, what is that? Like 400 bucks. Is it worth 400 bucks a month to you to make this person happy to get the right person in the role? The answer might be no. But to me, if I'm at the point where I'm ready to hire a full-time person and I'm all in, I'm not gonna let $400 hold me back from getting the A-plus team player who's the right fit for my team. Whew, okay. I feel like I said a lot. (laughs) I packed a lot into this episode. So to summarize, In order to find the right fit person for your team, you need to, number one, get really clear on your values, vision, mission, and make sure that is baked into your job description and also baked into number two, your screening process to where you have people apply. They go through a process where you're testing their skills. You're asking them 
thought-provoking questions to make sure that they fit in with your culture before you do number three, which is interview them to have a face-to-face, whether it's virtual or in-person, and make sure that they are the right fit and ask them some deeper questions. And obviously also ask them questions, have them ask you questions to make sure that they're clear about what they're getting into as well. And then number four, that we are paying them fairly for the type of role that we want to hire. Remembering that paying people well, paying people a little bit more in a lot of cases will result in getting people who are more brought in, they're more happy, they're going to stay, they're going to do much better work. So that is it for this episode. Don't forget, go to sarahhyoung.com forward slash Black Friday to get all of the Black Friday promos. They will run through at least December 1st, so that should be next Friday if my dates are right. And go do those. Don't forget, we have limited spots in the deals for Scaling Made Simple and private mentorship. So go grab those if you are interested in either of those. If you are listening to these episodes and you're really into the team stuff and you are really ready to start hiring a team, I highly recommend Scaling Made Simple because in there we are going to walk through first and foremost all of the pieces you need to have in place in order to scale your business And then we're going to walk through and I will personally coach you on who to hire, how to hire, getting them in that process to make sure that you find the right person. So that is a really great option if you want to hire your first employee or if you need to add on to your team, that is there. Okay, go check out Scaling Made Simple, snag the Black Friday deals. And that's all I got for this week. So come back next week. We will wrap up this little series on team with part three, where we will talk about how to build the right team culture with good leadership and management skills. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Listening and learning is great, but implementing what you learned is even better. So what's one thing you can do this week to make more money in your business, save for your financial future and start living your most prosperous life? If you found this episode helpful, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and share with a friend because it helps me reach more amazing female entrepreneurs like yourself. See you in next week's episode.